A special thanks to the folks at Anchor.fm for sponsoring this podcast. Coming to you almost live from our studios in New York, this is Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from articles, social media, past audiobooks, and other spoken word projects. And now, here's your host, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And thank you very much, as always, Mr. Announcer, for that wonderful introduction. I am Tom Zania. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. Today, we say farewell to the king of broadcasting. And I'll be right back after this. Jeff Corey was a great Hollywood character man who became blacklisted in 1951. In the book Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, Corey recounts his extraordinary story. Among the actors who would soon fill his classes were James Dean, Kirk Douglas, Jane Fonda, Rob Reiner, Jack Nicholson, and Leonard Nimoy. In 1962, when the blacklist ended, Corey was one of the industry's first trailblazers to seamlessly reboot his acting career and secure roles in some of the classic films of the era, including Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, True Grit, and Little Big Man, in which he starred as the infamous Wild Bill Hickok. His memoir, which he wrote with his daughter Emily Corey, provides a unique and personal perspective on the man whose teaching inspired some of Hollywood's biggest names to star in the roles that made them famous. Improvising Out Loud, My Life Teaching Hollywood How to Act, written by Jeff Corey with Emily Corey. Listen to this incredible book by visiting audible.com. New Light Blend Imperial Margarine. The lighter than lightly, delightfully lively, decidedly brightly new spread. It tastes fresh and delicate and delicious and the lovely. New Light Blend Imperial, the lighter than lightly, delightfully lively, decidedly brightly new spread. Hi, I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for joining me for the spoken word podcast, Tom Reads Your Story. I'm just taking a short break to tell you about the professional voiceover services I have to offer. If you are looking for someone to voice your audiobooks, YouTube videos, commercial or IVR projects, I hope you'll take a few minutes after the podcast to check out my website for more information. Just visit www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. I can answer any questions you may have. And now, back to the podcast. And we are back. Today, we're saying goodbye to Larry King. Larry King, as you know, and I know people used to joke about how he's so old and all this kind of stuff, but he was a great broadcaster. He was very old school. He was a broadcaster who would come on and say, and and Howard Stern used to do this too. He would come on and say that I basically walked into a radio station and was able to get a job. You can't do that anymore. Okay. You have to do an internship for, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever. And there's so few 
jobs left in broadcasting that if you were to ask anybody who is in the business, they would make that face or roll their eyes and say, yeah, that's gone. Radio is a thing of the past. But Larry King was a throwback to Edward R. Murrow and all those famous uh, people of old who had this distinctive voice. Larry King had a distinctive voice. And he didn't, excuse me, he didn't not only have a distinctive voice, he had a distinctive style of interviewing. He was very, he would let the man or the woman talk instead of just constantly interrupting with these dumb questions that the producer handed them. He would say, you know, I really don't. He would, he has said uh, in interviews, he doesn't really know that much about the people he interviews or the, or the subject of the interview or what it is that they do, but he's great. He's, he's great at listening and he, He basically pulls you in, and you listen, and he was just a great conversationalist. Maybe that's it. But he had something that many people don't have anymore because there aren't shows like Larry King and Charlie Rose and several others of the same type. Those are gone. Those are gone. I took the train down to Miami, and I'm going to stay with my uncle, my aunt and had died, my mother's sister, and I'm going to live with him and go look for a job in radio. I'm this interesting, John. I got off the train. I took the train down to Miami. I had $11 in my pocket, and the first thing I saw were water fountains, and one said colored and one said white, and I'd never seen that, mm-hmm. not in Brooklyn. I couldn't believe it, so I drank out of the colored fountain. It was cold, good water. Then I got on a bus to go over to Miami Beach, and I sat in the back of the bus, and the bus driver stopped the bus and said, gentlemen, move forward, because the back is for Negroes and the front is for whites. Well, I'd never seen that before. So I said, uh, my father's Negro, and I'd prefer to sit back here. And I stayed in the back. Anyway, that was my beginning. I knocked on a bunch of doors, Nobody would listen to me. And then finally a small station, which I'm going to visit this weekend. It's got a different call letter now. The guy said, well, he tested my voice. He says, we like you. And if you hang around, learn learn the business, watch what we do. The mm-hmm. first guy that leaves, you got the job. So I literally lived at the station. I'd go home to sleep with my uncle. And then I hung around. I'd sweep up floors. I'd watch them rip and read news, watch the disc jockeys, watch the sportscasters. And then one day a guy quit. And the general manager said, Monday morning, you're on the air. Well, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't go to sleep. I was wild all weekend. I'm going to be on the radio. So we're talking about your name. Uh It's the morning I'm going on. It's 10 to 9. I go on at 9. I got all my records planned. Les Elgard swinging down the lane was my theme. <laughs> da, 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 dee, da, dum. I'm practicing good morning, good morning, good morning. And the general manager, Marshall Simmons, the late General Marshall Simmons, called me into his office and he said, uh, this is your first day, good luck. You'll be on from 9 to 12, play music. You can have fun, you know, kid around. I always did a lot of humor. And... Um, 
In the afternoon, you'll do some sports and news. You know, you make $50 a week. And uh, then he said to me, oh, what name are you going to use? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you can't use Larry Zeiger. Zeiger, now that you use it. They use your name, they'll use anything. Uh, no. <laughs> so he, uh, I'm proof that the white guys can have the most ethnic names, yeah. <laughs> he said, you can't use Larry Zeiger. It's too ethnic, and people won't know how to spell it, and you just you need another name. I said, well, I'm going on the air in eight minutes. <laughs> and he had the Miami Herald open. It's so weird, because I would later write a daily column for the Miami Herald. He opened, and it was an ad for King's Wholesale Liquors. And he said, how about Larry King? I'm glad he didn't say, how about Larry Liquor? <laughs> yeah. uh, Larry Booze wouldn't quite yeah. have the same ring. So I said, uh, that sounds fine. Okay, I'm Larry King. Now I go into the studio. I legally changed it a year later, which is smart to do because nobody in broadcasting can use that name in AFTRA. Anyway, I sit down. My life's dream is about to come true. The music starts. da 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 dee dee Fade the music. Turn on the mic. Nothing came out. <laughs> Bring the music back up. Fade the music. Nothing. And I looked at the clock. It's now like three minutes after nine. All the audience is hearing is the record go up and down. <laughs> and nobody talking. And I, I was literally sweating and panicked. And I, uh, I literally said to myself, all my life I wanted this. And I'm afraid and I'm nervous and I can't do it. And Marshall Simmons, the guy who gave me my name, he kicked open the door to the control room. And he said, this is a communications business, kid. Communicate. And he slammed the door. And I did something that morning. It's been 60 years. I would do the same thing today. And I made it my motto my whole life. And I kept that motto. I didn't know it then. But mm -hmm. in retrospect, what I did was I put on the microphone, turned the record down, and said, good morning. My name is Larry King, and that's the first time I've said that because I've just been given that name because my name was ethnically wrong for the radio. And all my life I wanted to get in the radio, and I've been dreaming of it, and I've been sitting here nervous as hell. I've been up all weekend, scared to death, and the general manager just kicked open the door to control room, and he told me to communicate. And uh, Jackie Gleason will later tell me, you learned the secret that day. The secret is, there ain't no secret. Mm -hmm. Just be yourself. So if you can be yourself, you can't make the audience like you. So if you can be yourself, just trust your own self. So I try, and I've done that for 60 years. So I've never, ever been nervous. I don't get nervous if I get up to speak. I don't get nervous the first time I was on television. Because I know if I go on a stage, if I'm interviewing a president or a guy on the street, I'm going to be me. That, of course, was a recording from YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. Of Larry King being interviewed by John Fugelsang and telling about how he became what he became. And it's a very good little story about starting out and the way people used to start out in radio. You can't start out in radio like that anymore. Just ask, obviously, Larry, but he's gone now. Or ask ask Howard Stern that question. He's going to say, no, you can't do that. But it's, um, it's a good little interview, and uh, it tells you a lot about uh, who he was and how he brought his personality 
into his work. Um, obviously, he just told you that his first day was a tough one, and he had to learn very quickly how to survive while the spotlight is on you, while that microphone is open. And uh, it's a good one. I, I'm glad I found that. And what I want to play for you next is a recording of his, and I'm sorry, not a recording of his, but a, a, a little piece that I read from Wikipedia uh, that basically tells his story pretty much the same way what you just heard, but in a more official way. From Wikipedia, Larry King. Larry King was born Lawrence Harvey Zeiger, November 19, 1933. He passed on January 23, 2021. He was an American television and radio host whose awards included two Peabody's, an Emmy, and ten Cable Ace Awards. During his career, King hosted over 50,000 interviews. King was a WMBM radio interviewer in the Miami area in the 50s and 60s and gained prominence beginning in 1978 as host of The Larry King Show, an all-night nationwide call-in radio program heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. From 1985 to 2010, he hosted the nightly interview television program Larry King Live on CNN. From 2012 to 2020, he hosted Larry King Now, which aired on Hulu, Aura TV, and RT America. He continued to host Politicking with Larry King, a political talk show which aired weekly on the same two channels from 2013 to 2020. King also made appearances in numerous television series and films in which he usually played himself. King was born in Brooklyn, New York, on November 19, 1933. He was one of two children of Jenny Gitlitz, a garment worker who was born in Minsk, or Vilnius, Russian Empire, and Aaron Zeiger, a restaurant owner and defense plant worker who was born in Austria-Hungary, or Pinsk, Russian Empire. His parents were Orthodox Jews, who immigrated to the United States from Belarus in the 1930s. King attended Lafayette High School, a public high school in Brooklyn. King's father died of a heart attack when King was nine years old. This resulted in King, his mother and brother, going on government welfare. King was greatly affected by his father's death and subsequently lost interest in his schoolwork. After graduating high school, Larry worked to help support his mother. From an early age, he desired to work in radio broadcasting. A CBS staff announcer, whom King met by chance, suggested he go to Florida, which was a growing media market with openings for inexperienced broadcasters. King went to Miami, and after initial setbacks, he gained his first job in radio. The manager of a small station, WAHR, now WMBM, in Miami Beach, hired him to clean up and perform miscellaneous tasks. When one of the station's announcers abruptly quit, King was put on the air. His first broadcast was on May 1, 1957, working as the disc jockey from 9 a.m. to noon. 
He also did two afternoon newscasts and a sportscast. He was paid $50 a week. He acquired the name Larry King when the general manager claimed that Zeiger was too difficult to remember, so minutes before airtime, Larry chose the surname King, which he got from an advertisement in the Miami Herald for King's Wholesale Liquor. Within two years, he legally changed his name to Larry King. He began to conduct interviews on a mid-morning show for WIOD at Pumpernick's Restaurant in Miami Beach. He would interview whoever walked in. His first interview was with a waiter at the restaurant. Two days later, singer Bobby Darren, in Miami for a concert that evening, walked into Pumpernick's, having heard King's radio show. Darren became King's first celebrity interview guest. King's Miami radio show brought him local attention. A few years later, in May 1960, he hosted Miami Undercover, airing Sunday nights at 11.30 p.m. on WPST-TV Channel 10. On the show, he moderated debates on important local issues of the day. King credited his success on local television to the assistance of comedian Jackie Gleason, whose national television variety show was being taped in Miami Beach beginning in 1964. That show really took off because Gleason came to Miami, King said in a 1996 interview he gave when inducted into the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He did that show and stayed all night with me. We stayed till five in the morning. He didn't like the set, so we broke into the general manager's office and changed the set. And he became like a mentor of mine. And of course, uh, like many times before, that was from Wikipedia and... Next, we have something from Newsweek, a little bit lighter, and it's uh, it's something he may have talked about uh, in uh, interviews. This is good. The Best Quotes by Larry King I Never Learned Anything While I Was Talking by Benjamin Fearnow Newsweek Former longtime CNN host Larry King died Saturday at age 87 ending decades of interviews and quotes from his legendary career. He conducted more than 30,000 conversations with newsmakers ranging from U.S. presidents to Hollywood icons during his 65-year-long TV and radio broadcast career. His style and talent made him a natural when it came to asking questions and delivering memorable remarks. King who was married eight times to seven different women, often quipped with reporters and other members of the news media, telling the Associated Press after one divorce, I'm not good at marriage, but I'm a great boyfriend. Although his producers say he never overprepared for an interview, it was his open-minded and curious nature which led to successful interviews with reclusive figures such as Frank Sinatra, and Marlon Brando. When I was five years old, I would lie in bed, look at the radio, and I wanted to be on the radio. I don't know why, King wrote in his 2009 autobiography. Having led his namesake CNN TV show, Larry King Live, from 1985 until 2010, he once said of his interview style, 
I remind myself every morning, nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. I never learned anything while I was talking. I don't pretend to know it all, he also said in a 1995 Associated Press interview. Not, what about Geneva or Cuba? I ask, Mr. President, what don't you like about this job? Or, what's the biggest mistake you made? That's fascinating. King emphasized a wide-eyed, everyman approach to interviews that allowed his guests to relax. He often criticized pundits who sought to corner the people on their programs. All I've tried to do is ask the best questions I could think of, listen to the answers, and then follow up. I've never not followed up. I don't attack anybody that's not my style, but I follow up. King told the Chicago Tribune, Bill O'Reilly is not my cup of tea. He interviewed every president between Richard Nixon and Donald Trump during his broadcast career. But King's everyman approach to interviews didn't occasionally backfire, as was evident during a notorious 1997 interview with comedian Jerry Seinfeld. The CNN host appeared not to know whether Seinfeld had been fired by NBC or chose to retire his sitcom at the height of its popularity. I was the number one show in television, Larry, replied Seinfeld, appearing shocked at King's failure to prepare for the interview. Do you know who I am? Many of the New York City natives' most famous quotes or one-liners call for modesty, even if the once-heavy gambler and three-pack-a-day cigarette smoker didn't live such a life himself. He suffered a heart attack in 1987 and a near-fatal stroke in 2019. You make your own luck. Luck is the residue of design, King wrote in his 2009 autobiography, My Remarkable Journey. Newsweek reached out to representatives through Aura Media and the King family for any additional remarks Saturday afternoon. And a nice little article there from Newsweek. And uh, I, you know, I just want to add, and this isn't a big deal, but um, I actually said hello to Larry King a long time ago in Grand Rapids. Gerald R. Ford, the president, was having his museum dedicated, and Larry King was in town. For some reason, I was downtown, and I can't remember what for, but um, I was near the hotel, and in the lobby, uh, I saw Larry King, and I came in and said hello, and he was very nice. So that was my uh, my one connection there. And uh, I have to tell you, Larry King has written so much stuff, and I had no idea. I mean, I know he wrote for a newspaper as well as radio and television, as excuse me, as well as broadcasting on radio and television. But I didn't know he wrote so much as far as books you know, mostly about himself, uh, his experience in the business. But uh, I was unable to read any of that on the air on, on my podcast today 
because I couldn't get a hold of it online. It's all, you know, give us your credit card number and we'll, we'll let you know. But um, I didn't want to do that. So I, I read what I could obtain and I hope very much that you liked it. So long, Larry King. You were a terrific broadcaster and I wish we saw more like you. And that should do it for this episode. If you enjoyed your visit today, please tell your friends and be sure to tell them to tell their friends. Be sure to email me at tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com or call 929-260-1952 if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks, Anchor.fm, for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.